Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. Okay, so I got a funny story. I was uh, at work today with uh, one of my contractors, and just before I left the job site, I uh, had mentioned about how Line A hadn't signed yet, and he was saying, oh, I love the Bester sign. Yeah, it's great. And I brought up Line A, and uh, how he's over overseas right now, and he goes, yeah, I was reading this article yesterday or the day before about how they should trade Besser for Line A, and I said to him, I looked in his eyes, I said, I wrote that article. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, I needed something to talk about. And I said, who would you rather have? He's like, Besser. Yeah. A- absolutely. Yeah. And I said, yeah, but has Besser scored 44 goals yet? And he's like, no. no. And then I started thinking about afterwards and everything Brock's been talking about. And as a human being, I would much rather have Brock Besser because at the end of the day, <laughs> There's no issues, and he'll still score goals. Yeah. Whereas one guy might be like, "Screw it, I am outy." Yeah. Well, so, I don't like about Line is he's so streaky. I mean, what was that last year, two years ago? He scored like 18 yeah. goals in one month. Yeah. And then what? It was like. It's because it's nothing. Winnipeg. Brock definitely makes my all human being team for sure. I mean, and then if you're talking about hair, he's got the flow, and Line has got that terrible beard. But I mean, yeah. I think you gotta like. The things that Lenny brings to the table, the fact that he's a beast and he skates and he's got Big that OV bomb from the point. And he's a bit yeah. of a streaky chotch. though. Streaky yeah. though. He's a bit of a chotch too. Like you like that little bit of edge on him. I mean, you he never played for the Canucks though. I mean, no Fortnite for the Canucks. <laughs> so. That's oh, yeah. true. That's right, the Fortnite rule. <laughs> that's, so that that's might be true. Keep the Canucks about that. He that's, did. That's yes. true. That might mean uh, you'll let <laughs> he never plays for the Canucks either. I wonder if that'll be a rule this year. No video games on the road. I like it honestly. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. Like how and do you? I like I liked the the team came up with that. Like it wasn't coach's decision; it was a team, team decision. Like how do you how do you not play duck hunt? Seriously. <laughs> or like Wayne Gretzky three D hockey. Man. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! Well, so you guys want to jump into uh, kind of the biggest news going on right now? Uh, what happened? Uh, did anything big happen over the last couple well, of days? Well, you guys I'm didn't, not, you guys I'm didn't not notice. Sure. Uh, I had, too I, busy on vacay. I was on vacay. I had, yeah, I had work. Where were you, Ted? I I was actually I was in Victoria, so uh, you know the Canucks were. <laughs> Getting ready for a preseason gig there. I was taking the, the niece and nephew out to a little coffee shop, and there at the back of the coffee shop was was none other than Alex Edler and Louis Erickson. So two of my favorite uh, players. Yeah, the kids were ran over to the corner and were being obnoxious little kids, and uh, I wanted to say they're over here because they're big Canucks fans, but I just kind of kept it to a down low and let them have their peace. But yeah, yeah it looked like they were enjoying. Did Erickson? Did you see if he picked up the tab or? I didn't. I mean, he. Yeah, I didn't. Well, yeah, I didn't. You know, running into the. Some Canucks, man, that's some pretty big news. But I was actually talking about, you know, the big news of Brock Besser. Oh, yeah. That, that signing. He yeah. has locked in three years. Bridge deal, $5.875 million. Yes. What do you guys think about that? How about you, Ted? Well, we were talking about this last week. Uh, uh, the dummy app. Yeah, the dummy app. Episode ep. zero. Episode zero. We gave our predictions. Um, I think I predicted somewhere, it's like 6.2 for four years. So I was a little bit off. 
You were well, actually the closest. But what you wanted. Us, so. It's what you wanted. Yeah, it was, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'll I was, so this. I was being pessimistic. I thought I, I can't remember exactly what I said for what I thought was going to happen. Um, yeah, what you I said thought, 6.2 over 4. Yeah, what I wanted was three years for 5 mil, and what I thought was four years at 6.2. So it was actually really close to what I wanted. It was... Um, yeah, you were comparing it to the Wierenski deal. I, I basically wanted that Wierenski deal to happen, like, lock, lockstep, right? So uh, I think it's, like, it's great for the Canucks. It's great for Brock. Brock's betting on himself at this point. He goes on to have a big season. He can ask for a ton more. By then, he's in his age, what, 25 season? So the Canucks have a really good idea what kind of player he's going to be. We talked about yeah. this before. If he's worth it, they're going to pay up. If, the, if he's not, they're, they're not going to pay up. And it's not a case of a 28 or 29-year-old peaking and then we have to pay him and absolutely. then he's not producing no, absolutely sure. i personally i love the uh the three-year deal i know you know over two years he hasn't he hasn't played a full season yet right? yeah yeah i think totally. that's important especially that back injury you know he's been going through a lot of stuff so it's it's a I realistic it's a win-win for every side here I mean, it's a realistic contract like they they rewarded for what he has done hopefully what he's going to do but they didn't overpay like some of the other rfas that have been out there and i was looking even at a few of the other contracts like you know, you look at where Sidney Crosby is, like, you know, he's got his 8.7, and you look at Ovi, I think he was 8.5, or Stamco was 8.5, yeah. like, like a year, as far as the average goes, obviously, the that actual dollars. Did different players, but yeah. It, they are, yeah. but, like, you look at it, and, I mean, it made sense for them, and they're getting a little bit more of that superstar money, but you look at what the Canucks have done, and I was kind of thinking about this, too. These last couple contracts that they've signed, just from, you know, Bo and Brock and even Jake and a few other guys, like, it's almost like they're they're giving them what a player should actually get. Yeah. Like they're, they're like it's like it's a realistic number, not oh he's a star player coming up for contract. We have to throw the entire suitcase at him. Like they're they're actually playing hardball to the point oh, where they're getting yeah. a little bit of what they want, which is the weirdest thing yeah, yeah. for the Canucks to get. Yeah. And we have to at this point because they still have control, right? They do. Well, I gotta yeah. say, I think I overpriced. Every single player we picked up this year, like I had Tyler Myers getting seven million over six years. Mm-hmm. I thought Furlan was going to be around five million, and I thought Besser was around seven, seven and a half. Uh, so I have a question then. What what was causing you to overprice on those guys? Was it based on market value? Was it based on previous banning history on a previous, resign? Previous years, but I think like know, previous the, Canuck history no, or just previous free agency. Both, I guess I would think. Um, I'm I'm a fan of uh, some of the things Benning's done, but he's made some bad signings for sure. And that that would have and I mean I would look at that kind of how you've you've looked at it, Braden. And it's you're right. He has made some bad signings. So when he goes to the guys that have been brought up, they've been almost <laughs> bang on, which is weird. So which if, is weird, if they yeah. don't play for the Canucks, you're going to get a bucket of money. If you do already play for the Canucks and we drafted you. You got to prove it to us. Like it doesn't make sense, almost. So, what do you guys think? Do you think it's more like Benning's actually kind of figuring his shit out here, or is it just no one in the league's got money to spend? Like if you guys look at you look at J- you look at Gardner, you look at Ben Hutton who just signed in LA, one point five million. That's yeah. almost that's almost half of what he made. Well, rosters are rosters are taking shape a little bit more at this point. I mean, guys like Hutton are sitting out there because other teams don't know if they even need a guy like Hutton. We don't even know if we need a guy. Well, like the Canucks him. realized they didn't need Hutton. How is Brock Besser making less money than Louis Erickson? <sighs> because like, of the how work. the hell? Did you like you said, pull that off? maybe he's learning, and maybe he's realizing they're going to find a way to get rid of Erickson, and then that won't even be an issue. Possibly. Yeah, so I mean, the Wierenski deal did. 
a, a huge favor. So it was the first domino, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, all those other, you know, you start seeing um, what's it was it Provorov and uh, who else was who else just got signed there. There's a, you know, all the, all those guys just start going off the board. And I mean, obviously Marner was the big one. Marner was the one that kind of set everything in motion because that was kind of, uh, you know, the measuring stick. Like, whatever he gets. You can't get as much as Marner. You Well, <laughs> but even, it, I mean, that was a ridiculous contract anyway. But you look at the scale and think, okay, now we have something to measure against. And then that's where, you know, I think everything kind of got into play. And I mean... There was a other stuff that was obviously going on with Brock Besser, sure, um, sure. with his dad yeah. and fighting cancer. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if I think he probably wanted to get the deal done, and if he had to go back and be with his dad, then so be it. Yeah. I think everybody just wanted that to put to bed, so there's no distractions, and he can just leave that alone. I mean, he got his payday, well deserved. But uh, and you know, you saw in the interview today that uh, you know he does want to be a Canuck. He wants to be in Vancouver. Loves it. But uh, you know, yeah, I was just gonna say like that. That interview, it spoke volumes. Um, He wants to be in Vancouver. He even said three years from now he wants to sign long term, and uh, you know he loves Vancouver. I even heard there was a couple f bombs dropped between him and Benning on trying to get signed. Uh, He commented that today. I thought that that shows he wants to play right. And then at the end of the day, he leaves it to his agent to you know do the dirty work, as he said. But. I think it's a great deal for the Canucks. I'm Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. so excited. Got my Besser jersey on. Yeah, yeah it looks, it's looking good. Go. And it, it looks authentic. It oh, doesn't it's, look... Uh, top notch. It, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't look fake. It, it doesn't look fake. I think for me right here in Kelowna. Oh, I think really? Right on. Yeah. The good news is, is that you know, gone are the days of the Gillis and Gilman contracts, and those guys were like such a dynamic duo when it came to getting good deals for their guys and hometown discounts and all that stuff. But we're also removed from like those Benning early on days where he was just throwing money at ridiculous free agents. Mm-hmm. And even though some of those guys still exist on the team, that doesn't give a green light to <clears throat> one of our own to come up and say that we need that money because they got that I money. I think they took away the, the black card. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. His, Benning, his court card, card, it's yeah. going away for a while. His court card give, is it's not his anymore. We're going to give right? you the dividends one for a while. <laughs> okay, well, looking at the Besser contract, it kind of makes me want to think about uh, <clears throat> Elias Pettersson. What do you think uh, when his contract kind of comes up? Uh, do you think he kind of gets the same treatment as Besser, or do you think we kind of go for that eight-year contract with him? I think that's up to him. I I also think that <clears throat> as far as dollars go. If he's on the same trajectory that his first season was, well, I know lots of games to, to bank it on. But if he continues to be the player that he was in Sweden, the player that he was last year, everything he's done in training camp, and you know, if if that line stays straight and it continues to rise, you know, he's going to kind of create his own contract yeah. at that point, and maybe he's going to be in that, you know. <coughs> That elite group of contracts where you're, you know, the, you know, maybe he gets to the point where he's an Austin Matthews contract or Steven Stamkos or Marner. You you don't know yet if if he is everything we all think he's going to be and that the Canucks think he's going to be. He's going to get the numbers. And quite frankly, I mean, if he believes that this is where he wants to be and win a cup, heaven help us if that happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I think he realizes that if he goes and gets his long-term deal, he knows who's going to be around him as yeah. long as that deal's going on. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, one thing I did kind of forget to mention uh, before we jumped into the P side of things, um, 
was Benning's ability to get that three-year contract. He kind of lines up the big players in Hughes and Pedersen uh, mm-hmm. two years from now to sign them. Right. Then the year after will be Brock Besser, mm-hmm. followed by uh, Bo Horvat the year after. So he's not kind of attacking all the players in one year, which I think is a good thing for everybody. He's going to have the money to spend when he needs to spend it. Yeah, I think by that time, whether you know, obviously they haven't been traded yet, but like at that point, Sutter's off the table, Erickson's off the table. It's a bit of a clean slate for him to work to continue to add those guys. And I think, like you said, Ryan, I think Petey's going to get that big deal. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, whether it was structured that way from Benning's point of view or whether it just worked out that way, you know, I, I don't I don't know. We've done well or he's done well to make it so. Right. But, um, yeah, Petey is going to get that big deal for sure. Like you said, it's up to him. He's going to make it happen. Absolutely. He's, he's going to continue to put those points up. He's already surpassed, you know, he's already surpassed Bo. He's already su- surpassed Besser from, like, a, a point standpoint. So... Um, you know, I just don't see it being an issue for him to continue that trajectory as long as, you know, he stays healthy and, and, yeah. and has the proper linemates and we keep him happy and we're not just letting him drown, you know, on a deadline or something like that. It should be good. I think uh, they've, you know, as these contracts kind of come up and, and you know, some of the other ones expire as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Braden was kind of talking about it. You know, they're, they're starting to mold, you know, around that core four. They're... They're starting to mold what that next team is going to look like. So they're going to get rid of some of the mistakes they've made. And, you know, they're going to focus on the successes that they've been able to uh, achieve. And at that point, you know, whoever the next guy is, whether it's Hoglander and whether it's um, Putkoles and, you know, those guys we're going to be talking about in a couple years. And, you know, they're going to be on entry-level deals, which is going to be phenomenal because, you know, from what we've already seen of some of these guys, you know, the sky is going to be the limit for a few of these players. And, you know, we haven't been able to talk about that in Canuckland in quite some time. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice, isn't it? I mean, the Marner deal, you know, just under 11 mil, I think, right? Um, yeah, 10. Yeah, the guy's a right winger, but we know he drives play. Mm-hmm. I mean, Petey's playing center already. I think just being a center makes you a little bit more valuable than a winger. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, you know, wouldn't surprise me if we're looking at like a twelve million dollar deal down the road or you something like that, that for like Pedersen. Center being more valuable, of course. Like it looked for a while like Marner was going to get the most money on that team, but he's actually still behind both Matthews and Tavares and their centers, right? Yeah, and Even though centers. Marner's led that team for the last two years in points. Let let Toronto figure that out. They can have their own problems. <laughs> Over forty two million locked up in four players. Like you said, yeah. let them worry about it. If they want to crash and burn. Have at her. They've done it a few times. History tells us that you can have two of those guys. Yes. Right? But four is going to be... That's a different core four over there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even Chicago had to break up the band a little bit. Yeah, that's and now true. And now they're suffering for the ones that stayed around. So That was kind of the first... You know, I think in episode zero, was it us that we were talking about what kind of started this big jump in contracts? And people were talking about Connor McDavid. Was that us? It wasn't me. Yeah. This was the first time I've I thought ever had it was a conversation the, I thought it was the Taves and Kane contract that kind of made that bar. But yeah, anyway. well, I think pr- pr- prior to Taves and Kane, it probably would be a ten and a half back then. Sounded like insane. Yeah, I mean the 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 Crosby Malkin deal was was to me the first real big one. Yeah. Um, to make sure that those guys are going to stay in the same spot for a long time, and you know there was a thought that those guys might be separated because it's obvious that Malkin could go be on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh heard did okay. She went up to management. And was like, it's me and Malkin, not, not me and Kessel. No, they 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 had a chat with 
a few guys about that. If yeah. I, I, Crosby says he stays out of that kind of stuff. Okay. But anyway, we'll see. Maybe, 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 maybe <laughs> I'm wrong. That would be interesting. No, we haven't even, uh, let's uh, maybe shift uh, our attention to the preseason, training mm-hmm. camp, uh, stuff like that. They've yeah. played some games. Yes. So a couple three of them. Games actual, actual hockey is being played. Yes. And it was televised, so we have proof. <laughs> and the strangest thing about it all was uh, Brandon Sutter scoring two goals in one game. Yeah, wasn't when it weird was to just see him? the last time we saw that? Wasn't it weird to just see him out there skating again? It was just strange. Yeah, like, I mean. I have to remember that he was number 20. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I thought I'm like, right that, left was that Ryan Kessler? <laughs> yeah. Was that number 20? Ryan yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was Brandon Sutter. So, like, what I uh, kind of thought, like, is it an aberration? Is the preseason? And I mean, yes. I think to a degree it absolutely is. Um, we know what he's capable of just as that depth center. But realistically, um, you know, Brandon Sutter isn't going to be in the top five in scoring on the Canucks. No. They need to fill roles in these preseason games. And, you know, if you, you watch the second goal that he scored, I mean, they they left a wide open lane for that goal to be an absolute tap-in. I mean, quite frankly, Ted, you've seen me play hockey. I probably could have <laughs> scored that goal too. So, you know, you give me a tape-to-tape pass like that, you know, if you're missing that, I mean, you probably shouldn't be in the NHL to begin with. So, I mean, Brandon Sutter... You know, I, I was a big fan of kind of this talking point, but I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Brandon Sutter isn't exactly going to be, uh, you know, the driving force going into this season. At the same time, if I had to pick one of the two players that are going to make this team as far as, uh, you know, the two elephants in the room, I wouldn't mind seeing Brandon Sutter on, uh, you know, the opening night roster over Erickson. Um, I think he has a little bit more to offer, and uh, quite frankly, I, you know, he, he does score goals. We've visually seen them already. So He does a few more things than, than Erickson. Obviously, you can use him to take draws. He still is good as a centerman taking draws in the defensive zone. He doesn't exactly excel as a defensive center, which sort of hurts him because he's not exactly an offensive world beater either. Um, so that puts him in a bit of a silly spot, especially when you have a guy like Godet, Godet that's playing a similar style, probably accelerated at that point. He's playing playing a little bit better than... Sutter was so when we got him he was a little bit younger and he was heading into that portion of his career where he was probably going to start to regress unfortunately we missed those years he's been gone so now he's back and he's already probably started his regression so I'm I don't really know what kind of player he's going to be but I mean I'd agree with you I'd probably rather have Sutter than Erickson I think he you know he's a better skater than Erickson he does more for you we know that Erickson can play on the PK he can score dirty goals in front of the net which is actually what he's for but um, that's not the offense that the Canucks play, so that he's you know, hurting for that. For me, I had Gaudet at that 3C, but looking at it now, I think Sutter, that's his spot to lose. And with the depth we have on the wing, I actually may, might not mind seeing Sutter there for a little bit. Like We're talking about guys like Berchi, Vertanen, Levo, Goldobin, all those kind of guys that are going to be on that third line. Maybe even a guy like JT Miller or Michael Ferlin plays some games. You know, yeah. if, he's, if he plays with the right players, maybe he can get some points, and then maybe he has some trade value. Yeah, there's there's lots of room for uh, moving up and down the lineup for guys that are playing hot and guys that are, you know, need to get in a shift and get their heads back in a game, right? So we can move some things around for it's sure. Kind of like superstar versions of Yannick Hansen, basically. <laughs> like we can put him anywhere, but I also do some more stuff. Yeah. He does all the things for I you. I have a gold chain as yeah. well. He goes and gets the pucks. He doesn't score on the breakaways. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Does, does God? Make this team? 
as a winger, maybe? Or does Sutter get moved to the wing on the fourth line? No, they won't put him on the wing. What I think about Jay Beagle? Is he at risk maybe getting sent down? No. He's making too much. So money. I think Beagle is your perfect third line center, or fourth line center, sorry. Yeah. And I think the third line spot is between Godet and Sutter. Does the other player get sent down? And the guy that makes the team, regardless of whether he's playing a little better or not, is Sutter. And that's that has nothing yeah. to do with that has nothing to do with with Gaudet. I think he's listed as hockey god on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it's just that he's he's the only guy that can be like sent down without being exempt to waiver. He's exempt to waivers. So yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that he's going to stay there. I think that he gets sent down. The Canucks work something out. Somebody gets moved, and boom, he's back. And it down. might it might even just be a paper move. Well, knowing the injury bug would take you know. By the end of preseason, God, it'll have a spot. In the yeah, we're, we're so going to see. Gonna you're right. Yeah, we're we're going to see the injury. Kids, let me tell you the story about the Canucks and injuries. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, so, well, what what do I want? What do I want? I want Godet to make the team as a as a third line center. What do I think is going to happen? I think he's going to get sent down. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you there. I honestly don't mind Godet in the AHL getting lots of minutes. Long, he's been, he's been really good. Term. He made a lot of progression last it's year. It's not going to hurt. Like, who's it going to hurt? If he goes down there, that means there's a guy that's better than him. Yeah. Like, as far as <laughs> well, <laughs> what, the, know, what the team says. We anyway. do know one player that will be going to Utica, and that's Ole Olevi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was looking forward to getting to see him play. You know, they were pushing him hard in the bag skate and in training camp, but uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be playing him. It uh, sounds like precautionary at, reasons. Is there something else going on there, you guys? Think, I, st- I still can't even spell his last name properly, so <laughs> maybe I'll let Ted take this to start. Well, if it's for spelling, then I'm not going to do that. That's but, also true. You're very bad at spelling. <laughs> but Oli, I think I, I'm happy with it. Really, I think Oli's got to get down there. He's got to get healthy. It's great that we can have him out in a bag skate and run him into the ground. But but practicing is different than playing. You're not going to have a you know, a, a big dummy that's trying to make the team in the second or third pregame, preseason game and, and take a run at, you know, a high prospect. It just sounds mm-hmm. stupid. It's not worth having him in there. Um, and we saw that with, with Hughes last, the other night. So, yeah, um, yeah. All, all I really want is for Ole to get healthy, and he's not going to be in the NHL as a seventh defenseman this year anyways. We'd rather see him in a six or a five spot. Go down, get healthy, play some valuable minutes, get mm-hmm. your game back. And then we'll see you in a little bit. He can be in a top four role so is he in not, Utica. Is like he not start. 100%? Like, why no. aren't they playing him? Well, I think, I'm I think worried about it. he's 100%. His leg is 100% healed, but it's, it's got to get back up to game speed. It's got to get yeah. healthy again, right? Like, yeah, for anybody who's had an injury, you know what it's like when the doctor says, okay, you're healthy, you're good to go. You're not going to go full tilt. You're not a hundy P yet. Fair enough. Yeah. Hundy P. Uh, okay, talk about players getting sent down. Um, Big list. They went down to. Uh, um, they cut eighteen. They guys. cut eighteen guys. Yeah, you know who um, stayed though. Sorry, keep, who was that? I was gonna say you know who stayed and who was practicing today. Um, my boy, Mister Cut from World Juniors a couple <laughs> of years ago, Mister Cole Lind. Yeah. I have a Canucks man crush on Cole Lind. I did when he was in Kelowna. Um, I mean, when you see enough Rockets games like I do, um, you get to watch this guy live and. Uh, this is that the second year where you see the development. So he's had his first year to learn the pro game. And, you know, there were some bumps and bruises. But uh, I'm really excited to see uh, how far he goes. He's not going to make the team to start. But I think if he can make it all the way to the end of preseason, A, that's amazing for the Canucks organization because it means he's a lot closer than maybe they thought uh, in the summertime. Uh, but he, like, that guy... You know, if, if he's cut or if there's uh, some obstacle that they put in front of him, 
he just gets pissed off and he comes back like 10 times better. You know, when he got cut from the World Juniors, we all remember he just the game after. I was at yeah. the game. He had a hat trick, and I think in a fight. And what, like, I came home and I thought, like, you know, you're the Roger Rabbit kind of like you're so happy that that guy is going to be on your team one day. And like, he plays he plays with an edge. Like him, yes. you know, us watching Rockets games, being from Kelowna, he skates around the rink as a burr. Like he he's annoying. He's a bit of a prick to play against. And I think. I think that maybe he didn't get his opportunity to just play that game fully in the AHL last year. I think we were probably all expecting a little more from Lynn than we got. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do with coaching and placement and, and, and line deployment. But like, <laughs> I think we're all looking for him to take the next step this year because we don't want to see prospects picked in the second round like him and Gadjevich become busted prospects. And they're not that yet. No. So I think there's a chance for those guys to, to do some things. And I think Lind is one of those guys that plays better with better players. No, for sure. Yeah. So what other players were we talking about? I hijacked you. Uh, the one guy I wanted to discuss, um, you know, a little while ago, a lot of fans didn't think he, there was a spot for him on the roster anymore. Uh, Nikolai Goldobin earns a $900,000 one-year kind of show-me contract. Yeah. Uh, and it's, for what we've seen so far in the preseason, he's looked pretty good in that top six. Uh, and he actually looks good with Horvat Miller from what I've seen so far. Yeah, that, that um, that's great. I mean, I don't I, think I don't think he's in risk of being sent down. I think he makes this team, and I, I think he's going to have a good year. Well, I, I hope so. I think <laughs> I'd rather see a guy with some skills, some top six skills, play on that roster than a guy with bottom six skills play on that roster. If I'm being quite honest, so um, I think that was part of Goldie's problem last year, right? I mean, he could play with he play with PD, and he looked good. Working yeah. that half wall alongside him, and he, yeah. those guys thought each other's games really well because they're very intelligent players. And I think that was a bit of Goldie's problem last year was that he couldn't convert that with anybody else. We saw him with a bunch of games with Bo. They didn't really connect. There wasn't a lot of back and forth happening there. But I think if it continues on the way it's gone this preseason, then we could be in for a real treat. No, I definitely agree with you there. I've got a question to go with the Goldie thing. So now we look at last season, kind of where this season started. Has Goldie and Vertanen switch places? Well, last well, season... I think they Goldie, were in kind of similar spots. They, they were, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, has, <laughs> yeah, I think they has, kind of stayed, Is there, like, one horse that's kind of taken the lead? Well, I think they... Or are they kind so. of in the same spot still? Well, they're, they, they're both on show-me kind of years, right? Yeah. I think this is... They're both... That's their last kick at the can. Um, last year, Goldobin, he basically kicked Gagne out of that, out of that roster spot. Thank goodness. Bertanen responded incredibly well. Yeah, until the to, injury. Uh, until the collarbone or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> His two but whatever, whatever, you, whatever you guys um, would have ever it was. What do you have? Only like 14 or 15 minutes ice time? Two goals, a couple yeah. hits? Yeah. I'm not too worried about Bertanen personally. Um, I think he's going to be good. But I think he's got... I think he's a bit a bit on the hot seat with uh, Michael Ferland in town. I think he knows that too. Um but I, I think the difference between the two of them is Furlan's going to be getting top line minutes, and Vertanen's going to be the depth guy. So, I mean, he's he's got, I guess, uh, a role model to look up to, essentially. But uh, I don't think he has to worry about his his spot being taken because they're going to be on two different lines. Yeah, fair enough. But I'm but I mean, with Furlan coming in, kind of right. same style of game. Okay, it makes yeah. him a little more expendable, right? Yeah, especially when he's kind of, I don't know. If they got two guys doing the same the dog thing like house, that, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Goldie 
and and Vertanen is a, is a unique comparison. They were both in in kind of trouble last year, floundering in and out for for times. Yeah. Um, but I think Vertanen has surpassed Goldie, but for different reasons. I think he surpassed him in the point of like Vertanen is worth more in a trade. Vertanen sure. does a few yes. more things for you from lines with four you to one. When you can throw him on the first line if you feel like it, or you can throw him on the second, third, or fourth line if you feel like it. And then I don't feel bad about scratching him either because that seems to be the way that they are with him. Mm-hmm. But like, I think all you have to do, and you just talked about Ferlin, and I think all you have to do is look at Michael Ferlin and see what kind of player Vertanen can become. So at every age that that Ferlin has been. Vertanen matches the same age and just put up better production. That same trajectory. So if, if you're looking at Ferlin and that's the player that you want, then it makes no sense to me to get rid of Vertanen, although I think that's probably going to happen at some point. You know, you mentioned Vertanen having more trade value, and I, I agree with you there. But I actually think Oldovan would make a team better than Vertanen would. I think Oldovan has that ability to make players around him better, where Jake doesn't really have that. Um, Oldovan... Shows flashes of playmaking abilities, and Vertanen's more of a goal scorer. I mean, mm-hmm. there's Corgis out there of him playing on the top line last year. It made all those players worse. While his his numbers got bumped, if they could just combine themselves, they'd now. make the perfect player. Well, there you go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we could see Vertanen and Goldobin on that third line with either Brian Sutter or Adam Gaudet. Yeah, I think I think uh, I agree with you that Goldie does make players around him a little bit better. Um, but I think the only problem with that is that he has to get that opportunity on a top scoring line to do it because he's not going to help you on a he's third not or help fourth you on line. Third line for sure. Whereas I think teams, and I, I do agree with that, but I think teams win with players like Vertanen. Yeah. Um, yeah good teams win. Hockey, teams sure. that aren't playoff teams just have dudes like like, like, like Vertanen on their team. They're not, oh. they're not helping him win, right? So, yeah, it would be good. It would be good to see both those guys sort of take off and then make it a non conversation. Yeah, we're keeping these guys because they're players. Absolutely. Hashtag free Goldie. Free Goldie, the kid with the gold mouth guard. I, I, I mean, the other thing too is, I just want him to succeed because I'm, I'm just sick of talking about him. Yes. Like, yeah. I, I get it, but I mean, let's let's find a new issue for for Canucks Twitter. Okay, and how about something a little fun here? <laughs> Not just us. I mean, like yeah. everyone. Like, I get it. There's there's opportunity there, but I mean, we got a few other guys to talk about too on this team. Uh, so just for fun, what about just sorry, for fun? Uh, what about what do you guys think? Who scores more points this year, Jake Vertanen or Nick Goldobin? Radio silence. You you, <laughs> you killed the room. Oh, that's yeah. I was I was this wasn't on the rundown. So is it <laughs> yeah. is it points or is it goals that you're asking? Points. Points. I th- so I think points is points is Vertanen. Goals is Vertanen. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think I go I go points Goldobin. And this year, I'm actually going goals, Goldovin. Question, do they have to be Canucks at the end of the year yes. for this to count? Yes. Oh, that question. also was not on the rundown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to answer this question. No, I will. I think, uh, yeah, I think points-wise, you're... there. No, I'm going to change okay, it up. Can, can, both can, of them. Both of them are Vertanen. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. 
Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? If we can't figure out the points, Ted, which one of these guys is a dud? And which... Nah, fuck, fuck that up. <laughs> Ted, which one of these guys is a guy? And which one of these guys is a dude? Well, I mean, I think... It's not going to be popular. I think both these guys are guys. They are. I don't think Vertanen's breakout year happens for at least another year, but I think he's going to do dude things. I think that he could score 20 goals this year. I think that he could find his way to 15 or 20 assists, and I think that if if they get the right amount of playing time and they're in the right situations, then I think Goldobin could be a 40-point guy. There's there's no reason to for that, me that I don't think that he could surpass Berchi in the lineup. In the dude conversation, See, anyway. Berchi, I think he's kind of the guy that's fallen out of this lineup. I don't think so. No? You're I, really going to play Berchi on your fourth line? It's, no. it's not a case of absence has made the heart grow fonder. We've, he's kind of left, and he's been just like, we forgot about him. Yeah. Which we've done a few times, and every time he comes back, Berchi he first. seems to I score. I personally love Berchi. Oh, he's uh, great. Uh, I like him, too. He's kind of one of the guys that you know could go if we need to move a guy. We know we're going to be moving a guy. I have a question. Would you? Okay, so we gave up a second rounder, what, four years ago for Berchi? I think that sounds right. Yeah. Would you, it. if you could I go back it. again, would you do that trade again? Would you give up oh, a second a round draft pick for Berchi? Oh, in a heartbeat, yeah. Yes. One of my favorite betting trades. I think it was one of those trades, one of those early on trades that worked out, obviously. But I think it was like, here's a second for Berchi, and it turned out that that's exactly what he's worth. He's probably worth a second round draft pick. How do, I'm not sure that we could get a second round pick. How, for did, the Shinkar, oh, how did the Shankark trade happen? It's been a while. Granlund. Hunter oh, Granlund. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. Who now plays for the Oilers. Right. Steve Granlund. Yeah, so I was Oil. pretty... Uh, I was pretty salty about that trade back in the day. I really, I I really liked Hunter Shinkarik. I was yeah. a little pissy about us getting rid of a first-round draft pick well, for a guy. he looked good at the youngster. He did, yeah, yeah. Right? So it turned out that that was the right move. Jimbo knew what he was doing. Uh, I mean, and Granlund played some games yeah. for us. Got his teeth kicked in in a bunch of seasons. Whatever, he was still a serviceable hockey player. He's probably yep. going to earn an NHL pension. Yep. Shinkarik's probably a no. But speaking about teeth getting kicked in, they weren't kicked in the other night, but uh, Quinn Hughes uh, chipped a couple teeth, bad slash to the face. <laughs> yeah. Like a rite of passage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But he's okay. He left the game. Uh, coach says he's good to go, though. So, uh, Is he okay? He got pretty... He got he'll be all right. Yeah, they said scrum, stitch, right? stitches and, uh, and I guess it's... I think picks. it's just preseason precaution, you know. It was, it was head big both times. I don't know. Is that guy even going to make an NHL roster? He's skating around messing with our one of our top guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really well, know too play, much about head. They, they play again on uh, Thursday, so um, play the Oilers, it's yeah. it's possible. Although I don't see Hughes uh, on the practice lines from today, so he might uh, get a pass and let him kind of sit. But I wonder, like, did Brendan Morrison or Alex Burrows like maybe give him a quick phone call and just say, "Hey, welcome to the Canucks," you know, even if they had your teeth knocked out. So, yeah. I think um, we were we were talking about that with with Oli too, right? Like, we don't want to see him get in there and be put into a shit spot where he's going to get hurt. And and that happened to Hughes. And yeah, I don't want to see that happen again. He's he's one of the jewels, right? He's I mean, core four. You know, if you've got the the poster for this uh, blockbuster movie, you don't want to see one of those guys like, oh, by the way, uh, he was sick for uh, for you know for casting. So we just decided to not put him in the movie. So it, you don't. You're right. You don't want to see that. All right. Well, uh, we haven't really touched on you know our new acquisitions at all yet. Um, you know, we talked about what uh, Benning did by signing Brock Besser, uh, but we haven't talked about acquiring Michael Furland, J.T. Miller, Tyler Myers, Jordy Ben, Oscar Fattenberg, and even giving uh, Ferraro a, a shot at... Uh, Ray's on the Canucks? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I know he was on a, a new podcast with Drager, but 
Maybe he's multitasking. Yeah. No, his son's got a, a PTO. Uh, Nandy. He's looked all right. I don't think he's going to make the team. I don't think no. he's got a spot for him, but it's good to have a little more healthy competition. Yeah, he's got a solid beard. I mean, that's got that going for him, I guess. But, uh, yeah, great. <laughs> I don't think you can get an NHL contract just based off of, I mean, Brock did with his hair, but yeah. um, no. He'll, he'll, he'll fill a spot, and at the end of the day, he might uh, sign on like a, a la Scotty Upshaw. Yeah. Yeah. But I got to say, though, I am beyond stoked with pretty much all these signings. I've been a huge Tyler Myers fan ever since he played for the Rockets. I sure. Him Another Rocket shout out. Yeah. Alex um, Edler. But did you guys see that Michael Furland hit? Woo! I game? did. Oh, my God. Holy. That looks good for the it was Canucks. spicy. It was spicy. I didn't yeah. think I was watching a Canucks game. Yeah, I thought I thought I was watching. I thought I was just watching somebody play shell. Honestly, I thought I came across the line there. <laughs> Laid him out. Yeah, it was it was beef. That's the kind of beef and and what, what what's the big word there? Truculence. Truculence. Yeah, that we're gonna be looking for over the course of the season. Yeah. I a think a jid even clowny type hit. Yeah, and it kind of looks like uh, Furlan's gonna be on that top unit. I don't know if you guys saw, but Pedersen kind of looked like he kind of messed that up in his interview and kind of admitted yeah we're we're gonna have furland with me and besser so i they uh, benning did talk about that too after that they said um before everything got started about a month ago they said that they they wanted to have furland to start it sounded like to start the season and everyone kept asking like benning just came out and said that so yeah. I, I i personally think furland will be the guy yeah, uh, sure. if, to, to start anyway i mean i mean we could be totally wrong and miller ends up like lighting it up by you know game one yeah so, I, I, who knows miller doesn't get probably the amount of credit we deserve to show him for the kind of player he is from a physical standpoint and, mm-hmm. and, and stick-to-itiveness. But, I mean, he'll get after a guy and he'll get into a fight for sure. But, man, it's going to be nice to see a dude up on that line and know that if any liberties are taken with our boys that he's going to be there and he's going to handle it. And, it, oh, it turns out that he can actually play too. And and actually handle it and not just, oh, when it happens. Yeah, it's so- not... Trust us, it'll it'll be taken care yeah. of. It actually gets taken and, care of. And when the puck lands on its stick, it doesn't go there to die either, right? Plays are going to be made. That's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah, so happy with that signing for sure. Yeah, I'm happy with the, uh, the signing as well. Um, so we talked about Furland on that top line. And what about uh, what we've seen with JT Miller and Bo Horvat so far? It's kind of looked like that's going to be the second line there. There hasn't been a lot yet. I mean, they've played, technically, they've played two games. They've had that split squad yeah. and then the Oilers. So there hasn't been a lot to look at. Um, so it, it is well, a little bit know, of, they, they do have Horvat and Miller. I mean, Besser practice on that line too. You know Miller well. is not going to be playing on third line center though. So to start, I personally consider him a lock on that second line. Yeah, and I think they're going to probably... Well, you don't trade a first-round draft pick to play a dude on your first, your third line, I'll tell you no. that. If he's yeah. playing on the third <laughs> line, then that's a busted trade, and we failed. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's completely fair. You're right. Yeah, no, I, you're right. I, I think he is on that second line, for sure. And you want to... That's what, you know, preseason and training camp's all about. You want to create those, you know, those line combinations and get some chemistry together, because... You know, if you don't have that by the first game of the season, you're going to get run out of the building. And they've done enough of that in the last seven years. So. Yeah, I think the better question is, is who's going to play on that second line with them? Well, that's the great thing this year is we have more than enough options. Sven Berchi. Uh, I think kind of we talked. Sven Berchi. That's we the only talked, option. 
Tanner Pearson. Pearson. We talked right. Nikolai Goldova. Take Even Josh Levo. I mean, where does Josh Levo fit into this lineup? There's too many guys. Like, there's too many there's guys. There's about three too many NHL. This is the Canucks we're talking players. about? Yeah. We're still talking about the Canucks, right? Yeah. We have options now? We have like five NHL lines and some NHL players that could come up. Like, wow. <sighs> there's going to be three legitimate NHLers that get cut from this team and sent down to the minors. Or they're going to get claimed or traded, but there's going to be three guys that are legit NHLers that are not going to be on this team. Do you think there's any chance we waive a player possibly that we do not want to waive? Yeah, hundred percent. Like maybe Sven Berchi. Yeah, unless you unless you count them waiving Schaller as in they want apparently, to waive Schaller. Apparently, we don't have to waive anyone that we're going to lose. Like Benning says, he's got everything figured out. Well, he has there's to. Ways around. There's ways around. <laughs> That's his job. Yeah. That's what they yeah. signed him again he's, for. He's gotta. He's gotta say those things. Honestly, I absolutely loved what Spenning's done. Um, you know, episode zero, we talked about grading his off season, but that was before the Brock Besser signing. You were, it's, an you were, plus, it's an A plus for me. You now. were you were still a Benning bro though. Before I was a Benning bro then. Yeah, Benning was a dude for me. Dude, he's and, your dude. Uh, yeah, he was, your, he was a guy for you guys. He's a he's so. a guy for me. Uh, he was a, also ran for me, but oh, this, that's right. this, <laughs> also ran. This this preseason has been his best by far, and so he's he's back up to guy status in terms of his preseason. That's fair. He's, but he's, there wasn't a single thing he did this off season. That was bad for the Vancouver well, We disagree on this. The one thing that I the thought was bad was the trading first, a first-round yeah. pick yeah. for a team that had to get rid of a player like JT Miller. Okay. And we, enough, we, we all agree we like yeah. JT Miller. I just think he paid too much for him. I think you could still go him for a second. I agree. Yeah. And the difference. Maybe we could have. Maybe we won't. And where the they're going to be, like if they're fighting for a playoff spot, that is right in the middle as far as a draft pick is concerned. And who knows what happens in the lottery. Obviously, the Canucks aren't going to win the lottery regardless. But, you know, that, uh, the difference between a first and a second rounder in that spot is monumental. It, it is. But, again, it doesn't matter. It happened already. So I it's not like we can take it back and say, well, let's try it again. Can't hit the, yeah. the reset button, and uh, ho- hopefully you can make a different trade. This is I, I hope he proves me wrong, and, and JT Miller balls out and is some 70-point player, and he solves all our problems, and I'm happy to say that we traded a first-round draft. I hope that's what happens, honestly. I just think that we could have got him for less. And the nice thing Maybe is, we could have. Any any of those uh, old jerseys they got, you know, left at Rogers Arena, you just got to change a few of the numbers. Oh, and yeah. It's like, I mean, it's a little hard to change numbers, I suppose. But yeah. uh, you, they could do it. They could do it. I mean, I'm honestly not too cheap. worried about that first round pick we gave up. Um, we've been talking a lot about uh, the team's depth this mm-hmm. year, um, and I think I'm going to call, call it, it now. This might be my hot take. Yeah. The Canucks are going to require a first round pick at the deadline. Uh, oh, interesting. Things, you know, we got depth in goal. We got depth at four. We got depth at defense. Put a couple of pieces together. Maybe we can get a first round pick. Okay, I ask you then, Braden. Who do we who do we deal off that roster to get ourselves a first round draft pick? And right. if we're if we're in a playoff hunt, which you're hoping we yeah. are, yeah. are we dealing guys to get picks? I think we're only dealing if we make playoffs. We give up the pick, so I think we're okay with it. The only thing, the only way I think we maybe try to get a pick is if we're missing playoffs. Maybe, I'm not sure. Wouldn't that be that be bad? Well, then we need to have two picks. <laughs> I guess we'd have two picks that first round. But I mean, if you're gonna ask me if, if there's a single player that I think could get us a first round pick, it'd be Jacob Markstrom. Jacob Markstrom. Markstrom. Is he gonna win a Vezina this season? You didn't think he was that great last I year? Think I think he was. He was. He was. He was he I think he's fantastic. Yeah, he was really good. He finally established himself. But he was really good as just a starting goaltender. Yeah. Like, 
don't get me wrong. I, I think Jacob Markstrom has has excelled and he's finally become what we've been waiting for him to become since the whole Luongo deal. But I mean, he's not challenging for a Vezina trophy. So as far as if we're looking at a first rounder, just this conversation here, uh, he's not worth a what first did, rounder. What did Columbus get for Bob's? Do we know? I don't know if offhand. I could probably they didn't. Look it up. He signed as a free agent. Oh, right. He signed okay. as a free agent. Dude, well, they were asking for. Well, they would have asked for. He got was, like ten million in Florida. Didn't totally he? different goaltender. Yeah. Totally different goaltender. I mean, Officer Bobrovsky. Yeah, on the case. <laughs> so, I, yeah. So who? So you're gonna stick with Markstrom? Markstrom, that'd be my guy. I think okay. He's have another good year, um, but maybe we got to package something up. Uh, you could throw for ten in there. Maybe it all depends how the season shakes out, right? I don't have a horse in this race. I can't, I can't predict the future. So. Well, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say the same thing that I say every year. They're gonna deal Chris Tanev to get themselves a quality player except for all that keeps happening every year is he gets injured every yeah. year and his value just goes further into the gutter and, and although I think think that you know Vertanen is still you know a, a really serviceable solid player that can play in a top four I just don't know if he's going to be worth that high of a draft pick speaking of Chris Tanov um, what I noticed in that first preseason game um, against Calgary and this is this is how you know how valuable Chris Tanov is mm-hmm he was so noticeable in that game for the amount of times he bailed out his teammates on oh, random yeah. plays. Yeah. I was watching him for the whole game, and I thought, this is why he is so valuable. Because Chris Tanev and Edler's kind of the same way, too. When they're on their game, you don't notice them. Like yeah, a, 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 thing, a phenomenal defenseman is basically invisible. And Chris Tanev became a star in that first preseason game <laughs> yeah. for the amount of times that he had to bail out his teammates. He, you know, he, you know, end to end, you know, he led the rush. And I'm thinking, this is Chris Tanev, Mr. Five Points a Season. Yeah. And, you know, defensive defenseman, block shots, this and that. And he was standing out and I thought, if he was gone, where would we be? Kevin BX called him Cool Hand Luke, right? Because everything just looks so easy for him back there, skating around with a smoke it's- hanging out of his mouth. But like, I totally, I maybe, totally agree. Maybe a vaping cigarette. He no. he he is the guy that always looks good when he's out there and he's played consistently, right? When he's, he's healthy. He's our best defensive defenseman. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm I'm on I'm on board with that for yeah. sure. I think then that's never been his problem. It's I think last year was the first time where he's played a length of games where he's looked not great. Well, he's played those games, but coming in and out of injury, that's a tough thing. But I mean, if he can just stay healthy, maybe he can be worth that first Kinda round. Kind of like the pick. modern day Sammy Salo at this point. Yeah, Sammy was a funny guy, right? I mean, Sal was hurt a lot, but at least he had a rocket of a shot. But I don't ever recall watching Sammy get beat wide. No, no, no. We could probably find one on YouTube, but oh, we I'm sure might, it's we might be here till like probably twelve o'clock at that yeah. point. But it's not like you know watching soaps back in the day. Oh, soap will kind of get abused a little so bit, but that guy hold the line. Yeah. What do you guys think, Edler Town? Of uh, how many games do they play this year? We know that injury bug is gonna strike at some point. Oh, it's happening. You can bank on sooner it sooner or later. I'd say uh, you're gonna get so much over under over uh, under fifty. I'd be happy. I'd say fifty games. Over I'd under be, fifty games for Tanev. Over or under. I would say over. Are you gonna go the over? On I'm gonna go games? over this year. I'm gonna say over because of the amount of depth they have. And actually, I'm going to give that same answer for Edler. I think with the amount of depth that they finally have on defense that are quality NHL defensemen, Edler's number or his uh, minutes get to go down. Yeah, his numbers get to go down. Same was it was the same with Kevin Bieksa. 
when Bieksa had to get thrust into you know that top pairing because of all the injuries, how great did he look? He did not look great. When <laughs> that's the simple answer. But when everybody came back and he was a depth defenseman, he could be kind of that swashbuckling guy. He could you know pinch a little bit here and you know have a little bit extra to his game. But you know those kind of players, when you have to give them 25, 30 plus minutes a game. How, how good can they actually be? Like, how good is any player when they're playing that amount of minutes unless it's a playoff game? I ask you. <laughs> Maybe it was a rhetorical question. I'm not sure. No, I, I, I'm, I'm... Unfortunately, I'll take the under on Tanev. Okay. Just because it's he has a... Safe a bet. It's the safe bet, right? Yeah. I, I, man, I'd love him to play all those games. I think that would be amazing. What is he, what's he averaging? Anyway? I'm not even sure. We could probably look that up. I'll take the over on Edler. And I think, man, like, Ryan, you hit it on the head. Like... I think he's playing in that role of playing 20 plus, 21, 22 minutes a game. That's, yep. that's too much. He's miscast in that role. People pick on Edler and talk about how bad he is. Well, if you're playing that many minutes against top guys, you're going to get exposed. But if you put him in that you know, 19-minute range and you're going to even those minutes out the, with the rest of everybody else, just like we were back in that cup run, then all of a sudden his game looks a lot better. He can be, he can have more energy out there. He can control the game. He can make breakout passes. He can pinch more often yeah. as opposed to having to stay back and be that defensive guy. Yeah, but in the preseason, to me, I know it's just preseason, but yeah, it's looked sure. like he's still playing those top four minutes. So I know people yeah, keep talking yeah. about how his numbers are going to be reduced, but... He's either paired with Edler or he's been paired with uh, with Hughes. He hasn't even been paired with Ben yet, I don't think. It's, I think part of that's so early on that team. Yeah, I think part of that's going to... If he's playing with Hughes all year, I don't think they're going to want Hughes playing that many minutes right off the bat yeah. either, right? So I think that's going to be probably a... There's probably going to be a happy medium there. I, I guess it's also pre preseason and we got you know guys like Mitch Elliott out there skating around, logging minutes and stuff where... It, with the depth we have, um, I wouldn't honestly... It might be a little bold, but I wouldn't be surprised if for the first little bit of the season, the coach rests players every now and then, especially guys like Chris Tanev. Maybe we have that depth where he can be a healthy scratch, or do you think he brings too much to the team? Oh, no, they got to get everybody in. Yeah, I think everybody plays, but I think, yeah, Braden, if I think for up in games and it's looking like it's in hand, which isn't often the case for us, but then I think, yeah, there's no point in overworking and abusing a guy. Plus, you need to spend those minutes on other guys to continue to, to develop them, right? So I don't yeah, think... Fair enough. I think the days of seeing Chris Tanev man the second power play unit are probably gone. I so, don't think you're going to see one the power play at So all. those are less minutes, anymore. right? So I think uh, I think Stetcher's got to be there. Stetcher will probably take on more minutes. All that happens every year is he gets pigeonholed into a smaller role, yeah. and then everybody gets hurt, and then all of a sudden Stetcher's our best defender. So is he kind of the odd man out? Uh, if we're Say we're talking about training a defenseman. Is he the odd man out for us? Troy? defense? Is it Troy or is it Chris Tanev? I, I, think, think, it's, I think it's one of the two. I, I think Troy's got more value yeah. than Chris. But Tanev's kind of the guy that... Like, for Stetcher's size, he doesn't get hurt that much. Stetcher's like honorary core four. And he's local. He's yeah. a hometown he guy, is. too. Yeah. yeah you, uh, you could Troy from Richmond? Honorary honorary Troy, yeah. Core four. Troy from Richmond? He's honorary yeah. core four, really. Yeah. Well-spoken man. Well-spoken guy, too. I, I, <laughs> I'm, a big, I'm a big Stetcher fan. I think he's Mr. Do-It-All. I think the guy plays on the power play. I think he's that right-handed shot, obviously, that you need and actually lets it go. Even yeah. though it's not... He doesn't have a boomer, but he gets the shot off, and he's a smart player. He makes that good pass. I think if you were to ask a guy like Petey, which dude he wants feeding him the puck in his wheelhouse, it's probably Stetcher. So I think he does more for you. But I also think because of that reason, he's worth more than Tanev. So 
it could be pretty likely that it's, you know, if a dude was to be traded, there's a good chance it could be somebody like Stetcher, unfortunately. I don't ever want to see it happen, though. Stetcher is a dude. Stetcher's definitely a dude. Stetcher's a dude. Yeah. Tanev's kind of right in that middle area. I don't know what, where I would place him eh. for me. Tanev's cool with being a guy. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of had your... Did you have your hot take? I can't remember. We were yeah, my hot, hot take... Uh, what did I go with? I, I went with uh, trading Jacob Marstrom for a first-round pick. At the that, deadline. That's that's a hot take, all right. <laughs> um, I, I had a hot take. I don't even know if it's a hot take, but... Uh, Erickson's going to get LTIR'd through some really stupid injury, just knowing the Canucks. Is he Like, yeah, he's going to a la Aaron Sanchez or something like that. <laughs> he's going to run into a into a guy, a big offensive lineman's butt or something like or that. Or he's going to, like, like a parked bike or something on, like, the sidewalk, and, like, his he's going to need ACL or something like that. I don't know. He's going to so slip the driveway. pretty much just make up injuries at this point? Or if, like... the, if the doctor approves it, then... Yeah, that's that happened during the cup run with, with Salo. That was the, the reason we were able to retain him as a player and a salary sitting on long-term injury reserve. All of a sudden, somebody gets hurt. Oh, Sammy's healthy. He's back playing now, and he was pulled off, right? Um, so that's so my hot take. Magic I don't even know if it's worthy of a hot takery, but uh, it's not even lukewarm potentially. But, uh, yeah, Erickson, what everybody wants is that uh, somehow Erickson goes down, but... Let's just say he goes on LTIR, and uh, all of a sudden, instead of one million, it's uh, it's all the millions, and then uh, all of a sudden the Canucks can uh, maybe have a few more guys up or make another trade or something like that. Yeah, and if I don't even know if I have a hot take, I think if they're what I don't want to see happen, but I think could be a hot take is that the Canucks are unable to find a suitor for Erickson and Sutter, and have to trade a decent player. You know, that might be. I don't know if that would be a take. I think that's probably pretty accurate. Or what happens at is this they. Point. Or what happens is they have to trade one of those guys, but to make the trade, they have to appease with a with a Vertanen. With a good player. Like so we're gonna see a guy like Vertanen leave, on account of a guy like Erickson, which is. You package them in. Crap. Yeah. You it's, kind of package them in. You gotta throw in the sweetener. Yeah. It right? sucks, but that's the kind of the nice thing about free agency as well, though, is it doesn't hurt as much when you're able to pick up a guy like Furland that kind of plays that same style game. Yeah, you don't have to give up anything except dollars. Yeah. I agree. Um, but the one th- also thing we haven't covered was the one kind of shocking thing to me personally. I don't know what you guys think about it, but uh, NHL.com and their fantasy, they had Elias Pettersson ranked at number nine for centers in the league when it comes to fantasy hockey. Who, who's, who's on that list? Obviously, um, we're going to have some... I think the, there's guys... It's a list full of dudes. We know uh, that. Right? Okay, I got uh, number one, obviously Connor McDavid. Uh, two, it's changed this year to Nate McKinnon. Okay, he's okay. Which I can agree with. Beast. I love and three Crosby. Yeah, he's good too. Four Matthews. Okay. Five Barkov. Six Sagan. Seven Tavares. Eight Stamkos. Nine Pedersen. That sounds good. Who's number ten? This is surprising to me. Braden Point. Comes in after Elias Pettersson. Yeah, he's been. What does that list look like? Next? How many more points did he have last year than Pettersson? I, I Three bet uh, more. So how does does, how does it have Pettersson, a, a guy with what sixty six points last year, end up number nine on this list? Well, because you're based, but we're obviously based with potential on some of that, right? I think. Yeah. Um, quality of line mates. Um, well, just, we got to talk about the players that did not make this list, though, too. Like, yeah, no Malkin. Guys like Bergeron, Malkin. Kopitar, I don't know if Kopitar was great last year, but 
Yeah. Chris Pedersen in one year made that jump to number nine. I think that's it's a little bit of hype. I would think so too. I think there's there's a little bit of hype there. Like he had a great season, obviously won rookie of the year. Fifteen. Yeah. You can name you could you name six better centers? Well, I'd have point there. I'd have Bergeron. I'd have Giroux. Um, I could definitely come up with some players for yeah. sure. You take Claude Giroux, though, over... Even... I have him above Sagan on that list. Dude, Claude Giroux has actually yeah. led the league in points. See, I usually like finish dead last in fantasy hockey, so I'm going <laughs> to... Again, I don't have a horse in this race. Players. I'm not sure Giroux's underrated. I think Giroux's got a lot of love, and he's a dope player for sure. Yeah. But... No, I think nine's a little high, personally, but I'll take it. Hey, it's kind of that stuff. funny spot if we're looking back, say, 10 years ago, and we're looking at that list, and we see a guy like Pavel Datsuk in there. Nobody thinks twice about it, and I see a lot of Datsuk and Petey. Yeah, no, for sure. The Magic Man. He's got some dangles last we've seen, too. Yeah, he was breaking He's ankles. He's come along a long way in one summer. Yeah. Is he juicing? <laughs> like what's going on there? I don't Captain think anybody. Yeah, I don't think like, anybody asked. Uh, how does he go from that first year Begskate, kind of middle of the pack or wherever he finished, to apparently just completely leading the Begskate? Pedersen, how did he do that? Oh, he's Swedish. Like apparently the teammates were blown away by how easy it looked for him. But we're blown away by everything yeah, the guy does. True. Like I mean, he steps <laughs> on the he steps on the ice and has one shift, and we're all like. Giffing it and you know making sure that that's all we're going to talk about tomorrow. Like I mean, when I saw Pedersen Pedr- yeah. is his own like he is a human highlight reel. He is, yeah. So I mean, in all my fairness, girlfriend loves him. She's yeah. obsessed with the guy. I'm obsessed with the guy. What's, what's not to like? Ryan O'Reilly, you guys left off. Sebastian yeah, I got Ryan Aho. O'Reilly. Jack Aho Heichel. Even up there. Like, wow. I gotta say, Pedersen's a bit high on that list, man. I put him at 15 for sure. Barkov was was the interesting unknown on that list. He I think in previous years he's been sort of bagged on, and I think that he's a mega underrated player. So maybe not anymore. Maybe he's up that list now as like a top five center in the league. There you go. Okay, one thing about Pedersen I want to talk about. Amazing start to his first year. Like Besser had a great first year. Pedersen had a better one. Mm-hmm. They were quite comparable, actually. But back to what I'm actually talking about. Pedersen, only two goals in his last 28 games. You know That's why he had all that conditioning this offseason. He wants to be better. He wants to be able to play 82 games. Do you think he comes back and starts producing like he did last year at the beginning of the year? Or do you think maybe Absolutely. there's a sophomore slump a little bit? Is that 28 games with two goals, does that say anything? He said himself that he wasn't conditioned to play a full 82. And obviously the preseason and training camp have, from what we've seen so far, he's he's Elias Pettersson. He's he's already yeah. shown that uh, the dangles are back. You know the that uh, that work ethics there. Um, you know it's pretty rare that you see a guy have you know a sophomore slump in his the second half of a first season. And he admitted, like I said, that uh, it was a conditioning thing. So for a guy to come back and be that much better in his second year, I mean I. He may have a bit of a slump, but it's probably not going to be that long. It'll be a slump for what we consider a slump for him, but that might only last, let's say, five games, and everything else is uh, gravy after that. Yeah, I think he's got a bit of Daniel and Henrik in him, and that rare... He's got a bit of every superstar in him. He's got that rare, like, I want to and will get better and will do everything that it takes and is required of me to become better. And there's, like... You know this this idea of him 
coming into the league and playing a lot of minutes and not being used to ever having played that many minutes. Yeah. And I, I think he's going to find. I think he's going to be fine. I think you're going to run into spots where we're probably going to think that maybe, maybe EP wasn't, maybe EP wasn't as as dominant for the whole course of the season as we thought he was going to be. And maybe this year comes out and he's going to put up more points than we thought initially. Maybe he's going to come up and put put up more more points than we initially thought. He's not going to struggle with the sophomore slump. But like, it's just going to be a matter of him finding other ways to get those goals than he did in the first season. I think a lot of it was yeah, easy for him, long. flashy. There's going to be a lot of dirtier goals, and maybe it won't look as easy for him. But at the end of the year, I think he's going to have more points. Easy in those preseason. It was just preseason, but he makes everything look easy. He's smart enough to figure it out too. Once guys kind of latch on and try, think they figured him out. He's smart enough. He's going to have a. He's already going to be on the next step when they're figuring out his first step. So he should be named Elizy Peterson. Elizy. <laughs> Peterson. It just looks so easy. Uh, well, how about we wrap this up? Why don't we uh, maybe drop some predictions on some Peterson point totals for this season? Sure. Who, Who wants, wants to, to go, go first down? on that? I'm gonna. I'll, I'll take the lead on this. Yeah, one. Well, go ahead. Elias Peterson is going to have 80 points this season. How many games does he play? He plays. I mean, he got hurt a few times, but I think realistically you're going to see him play 76 games. How about you, Ted? What do you think? I think I think 75 points, and he's going to play about 75 games. I think he's a point-per-game player, and that's a big deal right now. Absolutely. I'll go 90 points, plays oh, all 82 crap. games. Scores 38 goals. That should have been your hot take, Brady. That, here. Take, there we go. Get, There's my hot shovel take. Away, <laughs> shovel away the All marks from games, garbage. 90 points. Shovel away the marks from garbage. Go with that as the hot take. Wow. That uh, that definitely puts uh, Pedersen in ultra dude status. Yeah, definitely. That uh, that, that puts him at the... The, the ultimate dude. Yeah. Mr. Dude. Yeah. Elias Pedersen. Okay, well, I just have you know one more question. Do you guys think there's going to be any surprise cuts happen? Surprise cuts. Mm. I don't think anything too surprising. Maybe less of a surprise cut. Is there going to be a surprise guy that makes the roster? Mm, I don't think so. No. There's, there's too much. I don't much. have any guys that can surprise at this point. The one guy I thought that might surprise was Joe Levy, and we know he's not going to make yeah. the team. The other guy I thought was Goldobin. I don't think it's much of a surprise he's making it now. Um, I think it'd be more like a surprise of who's who's not going to make the team. Like a guy like Sven Berchi or Josh Levo. Like... There's gonna be a talented player that gets, you know, the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean it's again for open night. We make this big deal about the opening night roster, and obviously things change over the course of the year, uh, you know, a million times. Zach McEwen, maybe he's the guy that is the the surprise. Let's say I mean again, it's opening night. He could be back down in a week after you know maybe there's an injury that comes up and he does make the big team to start. But, uh, you know, the writing's on the wall that Zach McEwen's going to be a player on this team. And, I mean, you look at Chatfield as well. Um, you know, Gadjevich, they've, they've had some pretty big games so far. But I think uh, Zach McEwen, he was the guy that uh, I think they've, they've got on a path to make this team at some point soon. No, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, well, we should uh, do this again sometime. <laughs> Good job, boys. Do. Did. Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? 
Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the podcast about broadcast. Every week since 2016, we've been bringing on broadcast leaders to talk about their experiences in radio, what they've seen, and where they believe it is all going. If you live and love radio, subscribe to the Sound Off Podcast with Matt Kundal wherever you get your podcasts.